Ho ho ho, bonjour, mon I know the French people love this accent and are not at all offended by it. It went a little pirate there. <laughs> <laughs> pirate. The following podcast contains spoilers for Monsieur Hula's holiday, Oh Mon Uncle. You have been warned. Ho ho ho. Everybody, and welcome back to another episode of KFR News Radio. This is your host, Glenjamin Bunn, along with your host, Miguel Moncal. Mongol Stall. Bonjour. Mm-hmm. Bonjour, Jovi. Arriba Derchi, as Arriba they say. Arriba How you doing? I am doing. I just got tea all over my face right before you click that record button. It's, um, I'm living in the gentle breeze of green right now. <laughs> Dear Lord. Yes, you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How are you, Mike? I am good. Caitlin and I made smoked pork, uh, que- uh, not quesadillas, enchiladas. I thought you were going to say queso. I'm like, damn. No. Smoked, That's good cheese. Smoked pulled pork uh, enchiladas. Uh, mm-hmm. I would say it was carne asada or whatever the pork word is. I f- mm-hmm. forget what it is, uh, but it, you know, it wasn't. It was Tex-Mex. Uh, it was delicious. Best thing we've ever made as a team. Awesome, awesome. Took took seven and a half hours to smoke that pork on a low, low heat. When was the last time you smoked? Like, I smoked, I've been smoking meat a lot lately, like oh, at least yeah. once a week lately. Oh, um, man. But before that, it was like an entire year because, you yeah. know, moving moving and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, smoked meats are delicious. Everyone should get a smoker. Smoked vegetables are also delicious if you're a vegan. They are. Uh, so get a smoker. Everyone get a smoker. It's better for the environment. It mm-hmm, tastes mm-hmm. better. It was great. It, it, especially Mike's. Dear Lord, it do taste damn good. I'm not a good cook unless it's smoked meats, and in which case I feel like I'm pretty good at it. Which I'm is, not a good cook. There you go. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I know you've seen, you've watched an uh, uncharacteristic amount of movies this week for I, you. I did. And I'm t- I want to hear about them. Tell me about them. Well, of course, we watched our our one that we do for the YouTubes, and uh, that was Honk for Jesus, Save yep. Your Soul, mm-hmm. uh, which was a uh, fun, but was it fun? Maybe it was a piece of shit movie. I it guess you'll have to find out. Horrible, but great, but fun and terrible. God, awful. You see what I did there? <laughs> <laughs> Honk for that Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, but we watched that on Thursday. We did a review for it. It is up on the YouTubes. After that, I kind of... I was kind of just chilling this weekend. I was like, after all this moving, I don't want to do fuck all this mm-hmm, weekend. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Uh, I was playing some games, and I kind of put a movie on in the background. And when you do that, you you look at some actors, and you're like, who would I just uh, diminish by putting on in the background and not pay attention to their movies in the slightest. Sorry, John Travolta and Morgan Freeman. It's going to be you guys. Mm -hmm. (laughs) With a cast like that, actually, the reason I mainly picked this movie is because I saw who else was in it. And that mm-hmm. was your boy, Brendan Fraser. Brendan. Fraser, however he actually pronounces it. Six minutes standing of ovation, Fraser. Mm-hmm. Fraser is and, uh, how he pronounces it. 
Yeah, so that movie was The Poison Rose. I, I saw his name in there, and I was like, oh, shit, yeah, I'll just watch this real quick. And by watch, I mean look at my left monitor all the time and then glance to the right and see what part of the movie I'm at. Mm-hmm. Um, for the most part, it was a very uh, generic film. Um, on on the cover like photo, it honestly, it looks more like Val Kilmer than it does John Travolta somehow, and it freaks me out. Um, but it was a very generic movie. It was like a southern noir in the 70s film. Um, Interesting. How like how John Travolta like monologues to himself mm-hmm. when he's like doing montages of driving or some shit like that. Yeah. Um, it was interesting, but it, there was nothing about the movie that made it any good. I mean, Brendan Fraser, he, I mean, he was, he was fine, but they, they gave him this like Southern accent with a lisp. So it was, and he was just like this innocent, not innocent doctor. <laughs> Ooh. He's like, oh, hi, hi, John Travolta. I can't do a lisp very well, but mm-hmm. he did. Uh, very uh, boring movie. Um, so I decided to watch something else, and we had just recently watched something with Sean Connery, and dear Lord, dear Mighty, I watched that. Uh, the Hunt for Red October. That was a really good movie. Um, kind of yeah. surprised. I, had I mean, I haven't seen it, it but yeah. <laughs> I had watched it before, um, but this was God years ago. Um, and so I decided to rewatch it cause I love Sean Connery. He's great. Um, and always will be no matter what. And, uh, <laughs> how do I, how do I say this? I want to watch all the, the Jack Ryan series. Um, because I know there's like five of them and like there's five or four or five different actors. Yeah, I feel like, like Chris Pine like, played him once. I yeah. Feel like, Chris uh, Pine, Ben Affleck, John um, Krasinski did, didn't he? John Krasinski's playing him currently, I think, in a show. Okay, okay. And then Harrison Ford, and then Alec Baldwin, if I didn't say that already. Mm. Um, but, but yeah, I want to watch that series, so I kind of started with The Hunt for Red October, which apparently is the best one, and uh, in my opinion so far is, because it's the only one I've really watched. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was a great submarine movie, um, definitely a solid like, boat movie, whatever the fuck you want to call it, just like Where underwater. Where does it stand against, um, uh, uh, shit, what's it called? Uh, Das Boot. Das Boot, that's another one, though, that I, that was one of the first ones you made me watch. So I made you watch Das Boot? You did. Good. Um, so that's, that was a good movie, but as far as how many movies I've watched since Das Boot, it's, it's in the back of my mind, so I cannot <laughs> tell you. But, I mean, this was really good. Uh, yeah. It was really well made, just genuine, uh, action-y shit going on um uh, and mm-hmm. you know uh sean connery is the most russian person you could ever cast ever of course just like and he's the most spanish person you can cast it's, exactly Island. it's the exact same <laughs> um, ben affleck also played jack ryan by the way yep uh i think i think i said that oh you uh, might have i might have been talking but, about oh, you. oh well um other than that uh it, we watched our double feature mm-hmm. um so i can carry it off to you my boy Yes, you can. Uh, so I watched seven movies, you know, kind of lightweight. No rewatches from me. That's oh, wait, that's cr- not true. That's not true. I, I rewatched, Pretty soon you uh, might. Rewatched Lion King. It's just not showing up here for some reason. That Don't is know weird. why that is. Uh, but the first one I watched, yeah, why is it there but not there? I don't know. It's weird. Uh, so the first movie I watched was The Thin Man. 
Uh, mm-hmm. It's part of the 1001 movies you want to see before you die. Uh, it is a film from the 1930s. It's like one of the first detective comedies, like whodunit comedies. Uh, you know, movies like Knives Out are kind of like that now. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, one of the first ones that did that. I was not expecting that from it. I was expecting more of a uh, third man kind of thriller. Maybe it's just because the T-H-I man name. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know why I thought that, but I was expecting (laughs) something more like more of a thriller. But this was just kind of really funny. Um, It was about this detective who uh, was he was a reluctant detective. He didn't want to solve the murder, but no one else would. So he did. And uh, he and his wife. What a nice gentleman. Yeah. He and his wife uh, are like the comedic relief in it. They're both just talking about like killing each other the entire time in in like a loving way, like couple goals kind of way. Like they they were a great couple and it was really, Mm -hmm. really fun to watch. Uh, But that's going to be in my October. Yeah, October episode of uh, 1001 Movies You Must See Before You Die. Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. Then for the 1001 Movies You Must See Before You Die, I watched Tulane Blacktop, which is a... uh, Kind of, but not really, but not at all. Fast and Furious of the nineteen seventies. Uh, it's a, uh, it's about street racing essentially, oh, and that's the only that's stuff. the only connection there is. That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's it's street racing, but it's very like nuanced and subdued, uh, mm-hmm. and it's it's more about like the lengths men will go to impress women. Uh, mm-hmm. And it is rather interesting. I, I quite enjoyed it, actually. Uh, but that's also going to be in the October episode. Then I watched a Spanish film called The Spirit of the Beehive, which is about a little girl who becomes infatuated with the movie Frankenstein. Uh, and it's like post-Spanish Civil War. So it's kind of like desolate. And, and they're not sure of the future and everything because a fascist government just took over and all that. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, she just kind of gets lost in her own world. Uh, it's it, apparently this movie inspired Guillermo del Toro to make Pan's Labyrinth. Um, oh, that's pretty. It's a pretty big inspiration, then. Damn. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can you can definitely get that. It's definitely like follows a little girl, Spanish Civil War era, same thing, and kind of mm-hmm. getting lost in her fantasy world and everything. Uh, I really enjoyed it. It's a really beautiful film. Um, awesome. Be talking more about that in October. Then, of uh, course, side I watched note, real quick. Yes. Uh, I don't know if you've heard yet, but apparently Universal is uh, bringing back all of the, not all their movies, but most of the monster movies in October. Yes! So, Bride of Frankenstein and a bunch Love of other it. ones are going to be coming, so I'm sure you'll to, to be Regal? excited for that. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, okay, so I figured out why rewatches weren't being shown. I watched mm. uh, ten movies in total, not seven. Damn! Uh, one that I missed... Uh, rewatch James and the Giant Peach with my boy, my, my son, my boy. Out, man. <laughs> I, I love that movie. It was like my favorite movie when I was like five years old or six years mm-hmm. old, whenever it came out. Seven years old, eight years old, nine years old. Just everything looks so haunting. Yeah, I mean it's it's Henry Selleck, the same guy who did Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, so that makes sense. Uh, love that movie. It's a good kids movie. Uh, still stands up in my opinion as a kids movie, of course, not as like mm. a. Uh, mm-hmm. A f- real, not a real film, like a, a film in general. Yeah. Um, then I, uh, I watched uh, Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul. We have a review for that on YouTube. Might have hated it, might have liked it. You'll have God to find awful. out. Probably good. <laughs> yep. Maybe not, though. 
Then for the 1001 movies you must see before you die, I watched a movie from the country of Mali, which is in the continent of Africa, called Yilin. Uh, the English title is Brightness, uh, and it's essentially about this man, this man who is being hunted by his father because his father had a prophecy that he was going to be the cause. His son was going to be the cause of his death, so his son's try, he's trying to kill his son. Uh, but they also have magic powers that they got from the gods. Uh, really well, interesting casually. film. Yeah, really interesting film. Um, it, it's kind of slow in parts, for, for too slow for my liking in parts. Uh, but, you know, just the culture of it alone and the language and everything was worth watching uh, and, and checking out. So that was Brightness. That's also going to be on the October episode. Uh, then, mm-hmm. for the 1001 movies you must see before you die... I watched Jaws, which was conveniently re-released in IMAX when I had to watch it. So I rewatched Jaws in IMAX, and boy, I howdy. Could've, I could have sworn you said John, and I was like, what the fuck movie is he talking no, about? Jaws. Jaws. <laughs> Jaws. Like, like Jaws. Jaws. John, John. Jaws. 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 Uh, but yeah, it's it's a it's a classic. I, I can't even pretend that I'm not going to tell you I love it. I love that movie. It's a great movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, first time seeing an IMAX, which was really cool. First time seeing it in theaters, first which was really cool. First time in IMAX, I believe. Yeah, first time in IMAX and first time I saw it in theaters. And the sound design gets lost a lot in uh, home viewing, which mm-hmm. I feel like most people forget about or don't care about sound design when they're talking about, oh, we don't really need movie theaters anymore. You're missing yeah. so much by watching it at home. Even with like a, a, a home surround sound system, you lose a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, love that movie. Uh, then I watched Monsieur Hula's Holiday, which we'll get into in just a second. Then I rewatched The Lion King with my boy, my son, because uh, I have a Pumbaa stuffed animal that I got when I was a kid, and it is now his, and he loves it. So I oh thought I'd God. show him <laughs> The Lion King. Uh, so yeah. And then I watched Mon Encore, which we'll get mm-hmm. into as well right now. Hey. Swahula comes to a beachside hotel for a vacation and accidentally, but good-naturedly, causes havoc. Directed by Jacques Tati, written by Jacques Tati, Henri Marquet, and Pierre Albert. Uh, I'm not apologizing for these pronunciations. Uh, <laughs> starring Jacques Tati, Nathalie Pasqua, <laughs> Michelin Rola, and Valentin Comal. I swear to God, you're just making up words. At a certain I am point. making up words. Uh, other than Jacques Tati... That's how you pronounce that. Yeah. But uh, the other ones, people who listen to our podcast won't even know who they are. So. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's that. And do you want to go with Mon Uncle or do you want to talk about this one first? Uh, we could talk about this one first and then we'll, okay. we'll I think once we talk about Mon Uncle, we can kind of yeah. uh, go into the both of them. So this first came, this up didn't come up last week with Streaming Roulette, but it came up a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... I had it was I think it was after we did Sophie's Choice, yeah, or I think so. the one before that that was also very depressing. Uh, Might have been Mudbound, and mm-hmm. uh, I was just tickled. I guess it would have been after your Sophie's Choice. 
And I was just so tickled by how I pronounced it that I wanted to see it, and also it sounded like a fun movie. Yeah, so it when, sounded like a fun movie, so I put it in my wish list as well. Yeah, then when Mon Uncle came up last week, we saw it as a sign to just watch both of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, So yeah, it's this, good we skipped it. <laughs> yeah, it is good we skipped it. This um, It, it is kind of like a, a Mr. Bean-type movie where it's more about this character getting into weird situations yeah. Uh, where he's not trying to wreak havoc, as the plot says, but he does. And it's a, it, it's mm-hmm. a fun movie. It's it's definitely toned down from Mr. Bean movies. Uh, yeah. Even, which is even expected the, from the 50s. But Even like the Dame films, like it felt like a lot like that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, just where, you know, the Dame's just going around just doing shit. <laughs> and, and just there's a story developed through that. And then the we Dame? got... What are, what are you talking about? Yeah, Charlie Chaplin. Oh, The Tramp? Is it? Did I say the dame? You did. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking about something else. I guess. What yeah, the you fuck? are. <laughs> anyway, the tramp. But yes, yes. Like Charlie Chaplin's a tramp too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, damned man. Um, but yeah, so like it felt like a lot like you know those characters and where he's just going around. But uh, as far as like the tramp goes, there's like a story developed around whatever he's doing. He's just kind of yeah. there as the story's going. Yeah, and this um, is more slice doing, of life. Yeah, this is like it, 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 he's just story plot is just that he's at this beach side hotel and he's literally wreaking havoc and just mm-hmm. there's random scenes and random shit going on and he's just <laughs> people are like what the fuck's going on and he's just this tornado <laughs> yeah of things going down literally at the beginning too like the first gag is is uh other than when they're driving to the hotel is he keeps like opening the the door on a windy day and like wind just keeps blo- blowing in yeah. while he's trying to bring it and everyone's just trying to have a nice relaxing dinner or lounging time or whatever but it, it's it, it's definitely you know cute moments like that it's not as like boisterously funny as mr bean is in my opinion mm-hmm. uh, but i mean again this is like the one of the first of its kind you know a successor of the tramp of course mm-hmm. but uh without this there would probably be no mr bean as well um but it is definitely more subdued and uh I rather enjoyed this for the most part. It, it's it's it was kind of a relaxing watch for me where it's just kind of watching these people try to relax and seeing funny things happen to them. Mm-hmm. There was there was it was it was a movie where you didn't really have to technically watch it to get what was going on. Yeah. So like any moment that was just happening, you can get a nice gut laugh and then just continue on just watching it or not. But like yeah. Uh, regardless, it was it was just very funny moments back and forth of what was mm-hmm. going on, um, and just a lot of just straight up really good gimmicks. Like like even if it wasn't uh, Jacques Tati, it was other people like corroborating with him on yeah. on the gimmick or on the gag and just being really funny with it. Yeah, that was like, probably uh, the biggest difference with between the Tramp and Mister Bean and this is that mm-hmm. this uh, uh, Jacques Tati was willing to let other people take the spotlight um mm-hmm. and and let them kind of have a funny gag uh which which was cool to see mm-hmm. um like the fucking shark scene is probably one of my favorites from this whole movie where like he he accidentally he's like painting a seat or something in a boat and then he gets out to find the paint can and then he steps on the boat and it snaps in half and then he still takes the boat to the water and tries to 
float with the boat and it snaps in half and he's going down the the, the beach to the bayside and he just looks he's trying to get out and it looks like the like a shark head <laughs> yeah, and he's it just, like and jaws. people at the beach are just like ah <laughs> oh, shark and just run off the beach and he he just gets out and runs in yeah and then he's got this he's got this gag with uh, one of the, like the the head waiters at at the hotel where he's like uh, cleaning up after uh, Jacques Tati's um, messes, basically. Mm-hmm. But he can't pin that it's him because he can never catch him in the act doing it. And so, like, right from the shark thing, he runs in with wet feet, and you can see the footprints all around him and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's just, just really funny moments that go from gag to gag to yeah. gag um, into the next one, and which was really cool. Yeah. One of my favorite uh, gags that wasn't like really a plot point, it was just kind of like a through line, is every time he would pass that uh, taffy stand, that taffy yeah. cart, and <laughs> yep. he would just watch it waiting for it to fall or wait, like waiting to make sure the guy caught it or something. Mm-hmm. And then all this chaos breaks out at the end, and the taffy's about to hit the ground, and he runs and catches it <laughs> like at the last second. And I don't know why, that just tickled me a lot. It, it's It was... Just funny, just seeing him like anticipate. Yeah, just seeing him anticipate the taffy to hit, and like Mm -hmm. being relieved when the guy would finally get it. Uh, It has a lot of really funny and like cute moments. Like it's a cute movie. I'm not like afraid to say it. It's a very cutesy movie. It's It's, a. It's like one of those like a morning cartoon. Yeah. Like episodes, like within a movie itself. So there's like, there's like just skits. And then it goes into like a different point in the day where there's just kind of more skits going on. There's mm-hmm. no real plot line. He's he's just literally on vacation, enjoying things and doing events at the hotel and along the beachside and playing tennis and just enjoying his time there. There's no real plot line. There's like a little kind of love interest at a certain point, but he, there's never really a follow through to it. It's just she's just an extra character that also has some things going on. Yeah. Um, which I kind of wish there was a plot line to like kind of wrap it all together because it was just him just doing kind of skit after skit after skit. But they were all so giggly and cute that you you, you couldn't hate it for not having one because it was all just in good fun. Yeah. Which was just straight dope. And that's kind of what made it a, a relaxing um, watch as well because there was no like thick plot. Mm-hmm. that like you you didn't really if you missed something it was like oh okay whatever uh maybe you'd rewind it if you caught the end of it and thought it was like the ending looked funny but if it if it didn't stick out to you it wasn't like the end of the world if you missed something um mm-hmm. and you know especially with the the movies i watch i watch a lot of movies that if you don't pay attention you will be <laughs> lost and that's i like those movies but it, or if it was you just, like me and kind of started watching subbed anime you look around for a second to eat like a pretzel bite next thing you know you've the characters developed into adults and everybody's learned <laughs> spells and shit you're like what the fuck is going you can't watch foreign films without yep. with while eating it's just it's a rule um but yeah i i thought it was it was very fun i do at, part of me does wish there was more of a plot part of me wishes it was more crazy like mr bean just because i love mr bean yeah. but at the same time i love that it's kind of its own thing uh mm-hmm. even though it does follow that like outlandish character just kind of trying to have a good time and and trying to not get in people's way but accidentally getting in people's way uh yeah. just a good watch absolutely yeah 
Um, I mean, besides that, there's not there's not really a whole lot to talk about. We could talk yeah. about more of the gags, but I feel like that would that would uh, be a detriment to people's eyes. Like I, I definitely think people should just genuinely watch this and just find out for themselves. Yeah. How it's a pretty definitely. short movie too, an hour and twenty minutes. It goes by pretty quick, honestly. Yeah, the the second one's longer. It was nominated for uh, best writing story and screenplay at the 1956 Academy Awards. Curious uh, what else was going on at that time. Yeah, well, let's find out, shall we? Just to uh, watch it. Let's mm-hmm. see. Uh, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Uh, oh, is this in alphabetical order? Okay, let me go. <laughs> uh, best sound recording, writing, motion picture. Nope, screenplay. Do, 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 do. What the hell is... Okay, here we go. Uh, so what won for best writing story and screenplay is Interrupted Melody. Uh, mm-hmm. What was also nominated is Always Fair Weather, uh, Monsoir Hula's Holiday, The Court Martial of Billy Mitchell, and The Seven Little Foys. I have not heard of not any heard of those. I have a single one of those. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, there's that. Uh, you know, even though I have never heard of the other four, this uh, they were robbed. Monsoir Hula's Holiday was robbed. Mm-hmm. I have nothing to go off of that for, but yeah. might as well cause how, a little how conflict. How dare they? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a fun film. Definitely short. It's shorter than the, the second one that we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so people should definitely check this one out. But Glenn, what's yeah. the next one? Oh, Mon Uncle. Monsieur Ahula visits the technologically uh, driven world of his sister, brother-in-law, and nephew, but he can't quite fit in to the surroundings. Uh, Directed by Jacques Tati as well, uh, written by Jacques Lagrange. Uh, I'm going to just say these French names in the most American accent. I don't care what you think. Uh, (laughs) Jean Lohat, uh, Jacques Tati, uh, stars Jacques Tati, uh, Jean-Pierre Zola, Adrian Zervanti, uh, uh, Lucien Frigas, uh, Betty Schneider, uh, Jean Francis Marshall, <laughs> Dominique Marie, Yvonne Yarand, and that's as far as I'm going without sounding Yvonne completely Arnold. stupid. Uh, but I like how you struggled with Betty Schneider. Right, the, 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 the easiest <laughs> the one to say. normal one. <laughs> uh, yeah, this this uh, one came out. What was it? Three years later. Fifty eight. So five years later, roughly. Five years later. Yeah, mm-hmm. there you um, go. So yeah, where um, Hula's Holiday differs from this movie is this one actually had a plot line as far as it kind of goes, and is in color as well, and but, is in color as well. Yeah. Um, so there's that, um, and it has all of all of the gags as well. Um, in my opinion, I think the other one strived on the fact that it 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 didn't have a plot, so it it pulled through with all the gags. Mm-hmm. Where this one had the plot and it didn't have enough gags, and that's yeah. kind of what drove me a little nuts. I mean, it was still solid, but I was like, oh man, where's all those crazy gags? It still had. Yeah. Plenty of them, but uh, it's just not as memorable as the other one. Yeah, it felt slower paced because of that. 
Yeah. Uh, because it's it sacrificed the gags for the plot. Uh, I think it tried to be more than it should have been. And that um, might have been a testament to the runtime too. So like half an hour more of yeah. not gags. Yeah. Uh, but th- I, the thing about both of them that I like is that they both open with a lot of silence and it just kind of sets the tone for the movie. Where like, this mm-hmm. isn't going to be about dialogue. This is just going to be about watching people, uh, yeah. which you don't really need to listen to people when you just watch them. Uh, so like, I think the first, I think Muswahu Last Holiday doesn't have a line of dialogue for like the first 10 minutes, mm-hmm. uh, at least significant dialogue. And then this is kind of the same where it's, it's, for the most part, I mean, it's definitely it has, has audio, but it's it's speaking wise, it's silent until about like five to ten minutes in, um, while stuff is still happening. It's not just credits, mm-hmm. and and I, I I really thought that was cool, kind of like an homage to the silent era. Uh, but the I one of the things I loved about this was the whole idea that people put on a show for guests. Like yep. in this, uh, the his his sister and brother in law are obviously rich, uh, but they have this fountain that they only turn on when they have guests around. Mm-hmm. Important guests. <laughs> Important is when guests. When they turn it on. Yeah, because like there's one part where like uh, the the sister turns it on when she hears someone at the gate. Then mm-hmm. uh, when the gate opens, she sees it's her brother. She turns it off immediately. Yep. It's it's just really funny to to see, uh, you know that that is kind of a universal thing. It was like, oh, they only want you to think that they're this fancy when in reality it's it's just all for show. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's honestly the, the futuristic aspect, techno- technological aspect of this kind of, it, it always freaks me out when you have like that dystopian, utopian kind of thing where like it's, to some people it seems... Like it's it's peaceful and everything, but it completely gets rid of any personality. Uh, yeah, you just like, become kind of robots for people. Yeah, you become you know, robots uh, for and, showmanship, and I guess. Just the the square cubical architecture that you see a lot with like like shipping container looking buildings. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's something that I personally hate, and it gives me it gives me the creeps anytime I see it. Personally, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of the technology though, as far as like the uh, the things that they had, she had the nineteen fifty eight Roomba. Think about mm-hmm. that. If there was a Roomba, <laughs> uh, yeah. of course it was it was connected to a wall and wire. But I mean, she had a Roomba going around by itself. That's that's wild. It's so ahead of its time. So classy. It's wild. Yeah. Um, but like the 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 scene where they are trying to put on like a, you know this showmanship like this this face for the, their guests was probably the best the best scene and like gag for me because of how much was going on the kid the kid broke this this outdoor ornament and then um, Hula is trying to like fix it but he's breaking it more piece by piece and then <laughs> the, there's this whole gag of like um she's like oh yeah this is so much more convenient and then like i guess it's a drink holder or some shit i don't know what the fuck it is and like he's trying to like throw it into the ground and just stick it so he could like <laughs> so they could like, like get put their drinks there or light their cigarettes i don't know what the hell it was but he ends up hitting that water line for the fish fountain <laughs> and mm-hmm. just it, it blasts into the air he's like oh shit and he's covering up with his feet and he's like then it's coming out of the fountain again once he covers it up and then like he puts his foot off and it's coming out of the ground so there was a whole gag with that 
Yeah, I love those after, kinds of gags. And then after all of that, like the the one guest actually his the dad's boss like helps fix it, and he's digging this fucking six foot hole to get to the <laughs> the pipe, and then Hula accidentally like falls into the not completely falls, but he accidentally steps foot into the pool itself, the fountain, gets his feet all wet. Mm-hmm. The whole the whole gag, the whole setup for it was pretty iconic it was pretty great it's it's so chaotic as well mm-hmm. yeah. and that's that's a huge thing with both of these movies is how chaotic this dude is and yeah. just straight clumsy and absolute chaotic tornado that he is yeah setting up all these things yeah um so i think it's kind of weird that uh the title is essentially french from my uncle because mm-hmm. the like while there's a little bit of the nephew uncle relationship, it's not a huge part of it. Like yeah. he picks he picks him up from school a couple times, but that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they they run around a little bit and they kind of doing some of the gags together, but other than yeah. that, like they but, don't spend a terrible amount of time together. Yeah, yeah, and and the 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 title kind of uh, invokes an idea of like an emotional connection, and mm-hmm. you don't really get that, which is fine. It's just I just thought it was a weird. Weird that or like you're title. you're expecting the story to be completely his point of view and it's not. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not. It's, in fact, it leaves him quite a bit. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah, it's a just like the first one. It's a fun movie. I I agree with you. Some of the uh, it doesn't have as many iconic things. Uh, it sacrifices uh, memorable gags for plot, which is fine. Um, mm-hmm. m- probably my favorite gag, and I don't know why this this got me. But when he uh, went to visit his sister and he was trying to get himself a drink and he oh, couldn't yeah. figure out how the cabinet opened and the, the, there was that right weird pot that was like bouncy. Yeah. It was so and weird. Then he, and then he's like, oh, this is bouncy and grabs a glass and then he tries to he tries to yeah. bounce the glass and it just breaks and he just scoots <laughs> it under the stove thing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Was, I, I just really like that. But it's mm-hmm. I, for the most part, it's it's good. But I do think it overstays its welcome at a certain point Yeah. Um, where you're just like, OK, I get it. Let's we know that there's not really going to be a complete story here. It's just going to kind of keep going and then end and that's essentially what happens yeah um but i'm watching uh, as i'm talking right now I, i'm on the imdb page and they're showing a bunch of clips from other uh Moswa Hula yeah i was doing the same thing things. and it, it looks really fun and i do want to check more out mm-hmm. yeah um but yeah i'm i'm ready to do the judgmentes as well if you yes. if you're ready I yeah I don't really have anything else to say. Uh, w- before we move on to that, out of mm-hmm. these two, which was your favorite? Uh, so I'm gonna actually save that answer for when I okay. do the judgment. Actually, okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, anyway, that does it for our review for both Bonsoir Houlas <laughs> Holiday and Mon Oncle, Mon Oncle, Mon, yes. my uncle. Uh, that brings and us I to can the go judgment. first if that if you want to answer that. I do want you, you want to go answer. first. All right, perfect. Uh, uh, as always, it needs to be unanimous decision whether or not it goes to the campfire shelf with the likes of Apostle and Handmaiden. Uh, Glenn, mm. what do you think? Do do the, so, either of these movies deserve to be on the the shelf? So here we go. My mm-hmm. judgment. As far as it goes, I think personally, um, the better movie would say is. Uh, Hula's Holiday because those those gags really is what m- kind of made it obviously because there wasn't really a plot point um, 
but like all those all those gags were just so funny that it made it worth it the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mon Uncles was really good as well, but that plot line it was there and it was good, but like it didn't double down on those gags yeah. as much because of the plot line, and that's that's where it it uh, it kind of faltered. Now, my judgment as far as it goes. Here's where I'm going to say, as a combo, as a duo, I think it does deserve to go on the shelf. But each one of these by themselves, I myself would not necessarily put them, either of them, on the shelf, like if they weren't next to each other. Um, I am in 100% agreement with everything you said. Oh, perfect. Uh, yeah. Most yeah. uh, uh, Who Loves Holiday is definitely better. I think it understands what it is more. Doesn't try mm-hmm. to be more than it is. My uncle kind of gets lost in trying to be more than it is. Uh, was that nominated for an Oscar? Oh, that one won an Oscar. Oh, wow. Huh. For best foreign language film. Let's see what hmm. that was up against. Uh, stand by. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm doing the wheel noise. I mean, the, I, <laughs> I don't know why I spun the wheel. <laughs> Uh, so the one, the movies that beat is Arms and the Man uh, from Germany, Big Deal on Madonna Street in, from Italy, La Venganza from Spain, and The Year Long Road from Yugoslavia. Have not heard any of those. Another bunch that I've never heard of. Yeah, so this was the right call, of course, because uh, mm-hmm. we, we definitely have <laughs> we things it. to go. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, 100% Most uh, Who Holidays better, uh, but they're both good. Separately, I would not include them, but together, I would include them. So mm-hmm. I think if if you're saying what I think you're saying, we should put both of them on. In a little combo DVD pack. In a little combo DVD pack, yes. Um, and possibly the other five or three. That's, or what I was gonna, that's what I was going to say. I think there's two more, and I'm curious in the future, maybe we'll have to do another double feature and do those two as well and see if yeah. it stands up and maybe it's a whole whole care package of yeah i know the uh, first three including the two we watched uh are on the 1001 movies you must see before you die list uh mm -hmm. uh, when i was looking at it so um yeah maybe maybe done in the future but yes for now Hula's holiday and mon uncle make it onto the kfr shelf with the likes of apostle and handmaiden that brings us to our assignment for next week or two weeks from now uh, Mm a little little uh psa we are going to be taking a week off uh, but starting our KFR Spooktacular on September 26th. Um, mm. So you can take a little break from us and then yeah, come back for... Rest come your back gentle for, ears. Come back for spooky season and get the bejeebas scared out of you. But probably not because... <laughs> you're throwing up for a second. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to get scared. You're going to get scared today. Uh, so, of course... Uh, we must pick horror movies for the next six six weeks. It is mm-hmm. my turn to pick uh, this horror movie I have seen before, Ooh. but I really like it or don't like it. I hate it. It's despicable. It's horrible. Spit on it. But I know Glenn hasn't seen it, and I'm curious to hear what he thinks. I've been wanting to pick this one for a while, but f- for one reason or another, have not figured it'd be good to start off the spectacular with an underappreciated horror movie, in my opinion, or overappreciated because it's also mm-hmm. terrible, maybe. Um, mainly, I want to get Glenn's opinion. Uh, it is called Spring. I've been seeing this girl. She's really pretty. That shit gives me some doubts. You're the most attractive person I've ever seen. But that doesn't outweigh that you might be a mental patient, and I gotta make sure you're the kind of crazy I can deal with. No, no. I'm a bunch of confusing biochemistry and some 
crazy hormones. <laughs> Let's see if the Yankum keep up, mate. I don't think you're ready for where this is going. Explain it to me. I don't know how much longer I'm going to stay here. from 2014 a young man in a personal tailspin flees from u.s to italy where he sparks up a romance with a woman harboring a dark primordial secret uh it is directed by justin benson and aaron moorhead who uh some people may know uh, as directors of the endless which we have talked about on this podcast before mm-hmm, it is mm-hmm. written by justin benson starring lou taylor pucci nadia hilker Francesco Carnaluti and Nick uh, Nevern. Uh, And yeah, that is going to be available on Shudder, Hulu, AMC Plus, and if you don't have any of those, to be for free with ads. Got Uh, it. Yes, so that's going to be our assignment. Be interesting. Yeah, it should be interesting. I am actually very interested to hear what you think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what other people think. If you've seen yeah. this, let us know what you think. But uh, that's going to be our first episode of the 2022 KFR Spooktacular. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Thank you, everyone, just, for listening. As always, no you can check out over that. Just us going. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening. As always, you can check out our website at www.keystonefilmreview.com. On Instagram, we are Keystone underscore film underscore view. Twitter, Keystone underscore film. Facebook, Tube, uh, t- <laughs> Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, fa- uh, Keystone Film Review. <laughs> Jesus Christ! And a letterbox. I am Mike KFR, and I am Glenn KFR. And that will do it until next week when we go to Italy and offend more people with. We're going to get there with the Gabagool. Yeah, Gabagool. Fettuccine Alfredo is not really a thing in Italy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Look at us. (laughs) Who would have thought? Not me. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye.